Welcome back to the Oklahoma Drill. Uh, Alex, Nathan, and Ryan here. Um, after <laughs> one of the stranger games in a year of pretty strange games, um, the uh, it ended up being what a four-point win over TCU. Yeah, I think it was twenty-eight, twenty-four. Okay, yeah. which what a crazy stat! Like that's only the seventh time. A Lincoln Riley offense hasn't gotten over thirty, right? Been it snapped our. I think it snapped like a twenty game win or a twenty game streak also of not wow. being over. Yeah, mm-hmm. or not yep. making it over the hump. Thanks a lot, Jalen. <laughs> right. Um, just such a strange experience, and I guess we sh- we we. This game shouldn't have been this close, and nope. there's really only one reason it was this close. Yep. And that reason is that Jalen Hurts dropped the ball quite literally yep. once. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even dropped it. You had it removed from his possession. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then threw and just a mystifying interception. Well, okay. So the interception, I mean, it wasn't, it was bad, but part of it was CD fell down. And the other part, I mean, it was just a good break on the ball by that guy, but it was still terrible. Like, you can't do that. But Right. The CD, the interception, I'm almost more willing to like forgive the right the <laughs> getting the ball stripped as you're by a de- like a defensive back. Right. I mean, he did, apparently he didn't see the guy, but still, like, right. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I'm still kind of speechless about it. Go ahead. Right. I want to hit on one thing really quickly because overall, I. Obviously, I think highly of Lincoln Riley's play calling, and mm-hmm. I think he's very good at what he does. But one thing that he doesn't seem willing to do that I wish he were willing to do is that when we're in like a third and four and it's a situation that you might want to go for it anyways, he hardly ever actually runs the ball on third and mm-hmm. four. You know, and this game was like the perfect opportunity because TCU has a really good secondary. Throwing the ball was kind of hard to come by in this game. And I thought, you know, our running game was super effective. And so, first of all, third and four, there's a decent chance you pick it up on the ground anyways because they're going to be expecting you to pass. Mm -hmm. So if you sneak in a Kennedy Brooks run or something on third and four, it might just work. And if not, you're probably getting at least two yards and then you're looking at a fourth and two or a fourth and one, which granted, Mm -hmm. we weren't great in that situation. But I I wish Lincoln were a little bit more willing to just – kind of make it more of a two down thing but it, it seems like I mean he obviously trusts his passing game a lot and I get it um, but it, he just it seems always that it's a pass on a third and four or a third and five yeah um, and I guess the main reason why I'm saying that is because you know that pick six came on a Jalen Hurts pass on third down like I think it was third and four and or third and five and it was just he called you know the slant that we call on a lot of third downs and hey, the, the TCU defender knew what was coming, you know, like they right. might have seen a run coming. Um, so, Hey, Nathan, you were watching on TV, um, right. The play before the pick six um, was the big targeting controversy that Lincoln right. got really pissed about. Was right. that really targeting? I haven't actually seen a replay of it. Uh, the replay looked like he led with his shoulder and, uh, just kind of got Kenny just kind of slid into it. So I didn't, after the replay, I didn't think it was targeting. But live, like bang bang, it certainly yeah. looked like targeting. It definitely right. did. So and I can it's... understand why Lincoln was so incensed because you you really had to just truly slow it all the way down to actually kind of yeah. reason your way out of it. Well, right. just think about how much dumb shit we spend time reviewing and they don't even review it. Like that right. to me biggest problem with that whole situation they checked a spot when the line to gain was Mm -hmm. a yard line right (laughs) they measured yeah we were a half yard short and they measured it like obviously that is we are short like i I don't know i've never understood the whole chain thing i can't believe there's not a more high-tech way to operate that right to where that like put a freaking like laser or something on it doesn't seem hard to me but i don't know i'm not <laughs> not a tech person at all so lasers yeah yeah I, it just 
I, I was kind of amazed that it wasn't called on the field as targeting because it it truly looked like it. I guess the ref was right there, but yeah, I, it didn't look like it to me after they reviewed it. But um, it yeah. could, I guess it could have gone either way. But yeah, but, and if it could have gone either way, you have to call that. This right. this is the thing. You about err targeting. on the side of caution whenever right. that happens, right. which this is what like, it just didn't seem to like the the past history. You know, it seems like they always try if you're trying to protect the player. But since he was a runner um, and he wasn't a defenseless player and everything, they kind of reason I could they made the case that it wasn't targeting. But right. I'm talking Which, too long. Yeah, I mean, God, I could go on forever about how the targeting rule is a pointless half measure, and that's <laughs> the reason everyone hates it. Um, well, it's I hate because, it just because it's so in, like I, I never know what is and isn't because it's right. Not, it like, can't consistent. right. It can't it can't be applied consistently because right. like it's not. If it was applied cons- like I think if the rule is applied consistently, um, and you took like, and you stopped like trying to measure intent, which you really sh- that really shouldn't be part of a rule in general. Yeah. Right. Um, like if you. Like, I think that there's probably something that should be looked at as targeting on, like, maybe every three plays. Um, And that's why, like, fundamentally, like, if you want... Targeting is a desperate attempt to avoid having to fundamentally change the way the game of football is played. And so that's why why it's unsatisfying. It's because it is a half measure. But um, I think for a a lot of people don't realize, like, they would be way more upset if the like actual pro- solution to the problem was implemented, even though they should right. be. Right. Um, yeah. can, can another thing, just kind of moving off of that. Um, it was really nice to see Caleb Kelly back out on the football field. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought the guy looked really good. You know, for right. you know, this is his first action of the season. He right. tore his ACL in the spring. Like, though, I will you know, say. But I, I, it wasn't a good sign that the very first time I noticed him on the field was on the really long run by, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. by TCU's quarterback by Duggan. So right. he might right. have been on the field before that, but literally the first time I noticed he, him was as he was right. chasing Duggan down the field. He so definitely like, was on the field before. Right. But okay. I feel like, like an equally good sign, though, was um, like he was on the field for what was probably the defensive down of the season. Yeah, well, the last two possessions, he was the guy out there, and I thought, yeah. I thought Deshaun White played well. Like, I didn't think it was mm-hmm. a, you know, bad performance by him. But apparently, you know, Odom really liked what he saw from Caleb Kelly while he was out there, and everything that we've heard about Caleb Kelly during this injury is that he's kind of turned into a coach type player. Right, Coach Kelly. I mean, that's been something. Yeah, that's been something I've always wondered about with him is. You know how committed is he truly to football? Because he's always seemed to have a, be a guy that had outside interests, and I'm like totally fine with players having that. But usually, the like elite elite linebackers they live and breathe football. Like Kenneth Murray lives and breathes football. Like I don't think that guy has any other interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see you know through an injury that Caleb Kelly's kind of taken on that mentality that I, you know, I was kind of hoping to see from him earlier. Yeah, no, it's, uh, ah, I'm really excited about Caleb Kelly's return. Um, it will I be think... interesting if they make the national championship game, if they burn his four game red shirt, <laughs> yeah. that will happen. But it, it is <laughs> right. funny to think about. We'll right. cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> right. I, right. I would be totally fine with, you know, sitting him in the national title game because at that point you're playing with house money and right. just right. play Deshaun White and Brian Asamoah if you have to. Like those guys have been okay this year. Um, I don't think you want to. Uh, I don't think you want to make next year pay. I don't think you mm-hmm. want to make next year worse for one game that you're probably not going to win anyways. Right. Yeah. I agree with that decision tactically. I do not think that is how any football coach would approach that situation. Yeah, I think they would play him, but we'll see. I think so, too. But I, I hope that would not be the case. Um, good. Uh, any any last thoughts? Like, I mean, I thought this was one of Kenneth Murray's better games since, you know, really the Kansas State game. Like, he mm-hmm. actually was flashing quite a bit. And mm-hmm. still, the guy is frighteningly, frighteningly fast. When he yeah. gets out in pursuit in the open field, um, I really, really like that dude. 
he he if he comes back next year, this defense could be legitimately good. And I I'm kind of hoping that that is the case. Like I I could I could stand for one more as long as it doesn't cost us a loss or cost us a win. I would be totally fine with Murray having one more game where it's like eh, you know, like a Baylor type <laughs> game, maybe where he well, gets it around the second half, but is kind of he had a, he had a, he had a lot of trouble tackling Chuba last year, so. It's true. He did. Yeah, and everybody's having having trouble tackling Robert yeah. this year. So it wouldn't right. be unique to him, but <laughs> so. right. Um Yeah, as far as like other things about the game, um Yeah, I'm concerned about a deep passing game. It's been falling off all season and by the end of today by like by the end of the day on Saturday it was simply gone. Yeah. Um and that doesn't mean that this offense can't be good without it. Like this offense can still be like a really good offense, just completely sacrificing one of its fundamental aspects. It can still be amazing, but like that deep passing game is part of what makes these offenses, not just the best, you know, of the year, but some of the best in history. And like, right. we've lost that edge this year because of that. Yeah. And like, to me, you know, at the beginning of the year, that was what I was, I was willing to make that, like that was fine to me. Like I knew it was going to happen. And as long as we're still able to run the ball, because that's the big thing. Like we've a lot of times used the deep passing game to help us run the football. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're still able to run the ball, which we just ran for almost 400 yards against the best run defense in the big 12 right. with no threat of a deep passing game, as long as we're still able to do that. I mean, also teams are still going to put two guys on CD lamb, no matter where he is. Like it doesn't right. matter. Like there, it was fourth and one a couple different times, and there was safety help for CD Lamb. Like that was how much attention was being paid to him on Saturday. So, I'm I'm not super concerned about it as long as we can run and, the football because I think were, jail can be efficient just, enough. Yeah, I was going to say it. I mean, guys were there to be hit. He just missed them. Um, right. He just needs to put a little bit more air under the ball and just give him a chance. Um, and I think he's been doing it okay throughout the year um i think he just had a little bit of an off night um yeah. and tcu is probably the best secondary one of the best secondaries they'll play the remainder of the year so i think in the long term i mean he'll probably be okay um i think what's just most concerning is just from a passing aspect is he still he he doesn't throw people open that often so he just yeah he, he doesn't quite trust what he uh, unless they're, it's there to be had and it's obvious, he too often bails on it. Um, so I think it, against a truly elite team, like if they were to play Ohio State and his op- first option is almost never open, that could be a really big problem. Um, right. So we'll see. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get into more of that if, if we talk about uh, the the potential of a playoff matchup with Ohio right. state. Um, First got to beat Oklahoma state. Right. So do we, any, any parting thoughts on this, on this game as we leave, as we wave goodbye? No, uh, I think the, well, go ahead, Alex. I, I just want to say that um, I, that last third down that we had that we probably didn't convert and they gave it to us anyways. Um, does anyone in their right mind actually think TCU was going to drive down and yeah. score? Watch that? me not care. Do you know how yeah. many success? Do you know how many successful plays they had in the fourth quarter per mm-hmm. like success rate as a statistic? Like three. The answer is none. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I think their only chance was like if they just hap- if Jalen Rager, like Jaden Davis falls down and somehow Jalen Rager gets open and right. dug in actually miraculously hits him or way. something. That was yeah. the only way they were going to score. And that was if they protected him long enough to get Jalen Rager down the field. Right. So, yeah, that they were not going to score. We were going to punt the football, which was the right call. Um, and they were going to have to drive the majority of the field. It was just In a not minute gonna... with no timeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just not going to happen. So I'm not sorry that they screwed up that call. Who cares? Let's move on. Um, I do. I Yeah. Just last thoughts on Jalen. I, you know, on Saturday I was talking about this quite a bit. Like, I'm done with him. Like, I mean, we're obviously too deep this year with him to 
change course at all. Like we're not going to go to Tanner Mordecai or Spencer Rattler. I get that, but I guess I'm going to go with my take that I think OU would be a better football team today if Spencer Rattler had started all season. Um, yeah, we might I've have already said I agree in, with you on this. Yeah, like we might have dropped a game early in the season if that had been the case, but you know, as of you know, the TCU game, I think Spencer would have been able to take advantage of a lot of the things that were, were given by the TCU defense. And I think we would have looked a lot more similar to what we've done in the past, like the last three times we played TCU where they just looked clueless for the entire game on how to defend us. But um, that's just my, you know, a take that I have, like I we're in too deep now. We can't switch, but you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not going to miss Jalen Hurts. I, I appreciate <laughs> him for coming here and mm-hmm. doing what he's doing. Like, it's been cool to, like, not have to watch Austin Kendall play football this year. Right. Uh, yep. At all. So that that to me is kind of my one, you know, the saving grace of Jalen Hurts is that, hey, you saved me from having to watch Austin Kendall. Congratulations. Right. Now, I will say there is absolutely nothing has ever uh, gone wrong with benching Jalen Hurts. <laughs> true. It's true. Uh, I don't, like, I don't actually mean that. Let me let me clarify. I don't actually think we should bench Jalen in favor of Spencer. Um, I thought that when we were down 28-3 to against Baylor. Um, yeah. Because I thought that the season was so, over. So, my thoughts on Jalen. Like, I think Jalen is perfectly good enough to win big with. It's just a catastrophic injury, or excuse me, uh, turnovers. Those can't happen. That's no, the a that's huge exactly. reason. That's a huge reason we are down big against Baylor. It's the only reason TCU hung around. It's a, he, he just has a penchant for the worst moments in massive, in that's massive situations to make those bad decisions and to give the ball to the other team. Um, how often have we turned the ball over whenever we're getting ready to score a touchdown or whenever we're giving the ball to the other team when already in scoring position? So, right. Well, and the other thing about it is, like, you know, how frequently is the other side of the ball on this squad hearing the phrase takeaways equal victory? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they see that and then they see their quarterback do that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So if he cuts that down, and at this point, I don't know if he can. I just, I'm almost to the point to where I think it's just who he is. But if he cuts down on that, I think they, you know, I think they're quite good enough to, right. you know, to win out and do some good things. But absolutely, I just right. I haven't seen anything that makes me think that's going to happen. So I just yeah, that's right. what I'm, I'm yeah. done. Like I think the guy is good. Like he's a really mm-hmm. good quarterback. He's probably going to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Right. 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 It's but he's going to have like a 3500 1200 season like right. oh yeah Jesus. you can't turn it over like he has like the turnovers no. are they're just the worst possible kind of turnovers that you could possibly yeah. have it's like yeah. they're you're not just like you're taking points away they're... from your team or right. giving points to the other right they're not your garden you know run of the mill garden variety turnovers <laughs> they no, are uh, they are breakers. fumbles in the red zone <laughs> they are pick sixes like yeah yeah, um, so it's terrible. Yeah, right. if he does that and again that, this weekend, yeah. they'll lose. So, and that's the that thing simple. is like when you think about quarterback turnovers, like arm punts, like he doesn't mm-hmm. like these aren't arm punts. Nope. No, they're not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nope, um, so. yeah. yeah. All right. So let's yeah. uh, let's shift to Bedlam because right. there is a game this weekend. I, uh, you know, as you all know, I am a student at Oklahoma State University. And so this week is it's extra stressful because I cannot attend the university if they beat OU because I can't deal with how happy that would make them. Right. And, I and can't they would deal like with how much. Yeah. yeah. With how much shit I would get for it. Um, so it is super, super, super important that OU plays well. Because if OU plays well, they will win the football game. Like, there yeah. is no other scenario that plays out. Like, if right. OU doesn't turn it over and holds Chuba under, like, 250 yards, they're going to win the game. Right. Yeah. Did Did either of you all happen to watch them against West Virginia? I, I did not, so I'm curious what your I thoughts were on Drew Brown. Of it. 
I saw a little bit of Drew Brown, but from what I've heard and seen, it, it, he did not look very good. And okay. the good thing about Drew Brown, like, is, you know, I was a little bit scared of Spencer Sanders just from a running quarterback standpoint because, mm-hmm. you know, that's been an issue at times. Like, obviously, the last three weeks has been a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely not mobile like Spencer Sanders, which is a kind of a load off my mind, which helps mm-hmm. a lot. So, honestly, it's going to come down to OU can they tackle Chuba? defending. Yeah. yeah, can you defend Chuba Hubbard? If they can hold him under a buck fifty, they're going to win the game easily. Yeah, got it. Easily. Yeah, I've heard their That's... defense is quite improved this year. Um, I think they actually rank above OU's in efficiency. So, yeah, yeah, their defense is playing a lot better lately, and I think they forced some turnovers the past few weeks, mm-hmm. which obviously that yeah. is a concern. Uh, for Trace, Ford, Trace Ford's looked really good, which pisses me off because <laughs> for many reasons. Because I was on, I was yeah. definitely on the record as that was a dumb, a missed opportunity. Oh, you should have offered him. Um, but say lovey. Yep, yep. Joseph Wete better come through, or else Nathan's going to be pissed for years. <laughs> yeah. so, pissed uh, right now. So hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's just so hard to be concerned about this game. Oh, I am. It's Bedlam, dude. Like, <laughs> crazy shit happens in Bedlam all the time. Right. And OU but, always wins. And OU right, always they always wins. win, but it, I'm, I'm talking more about the stress level. Like, they're really oh, yeah. stressful. No, involved. it'll be stressful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. To me, just it don't... felt like the instant Tylen Wallace went out. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. This game's pretty much over. Just don't. Repunt if Lincoln has an op- opportunity, just do not do that. Yeah, not that Reed Munchau can outkick the coverage for the record. Jesus, mm. all right, he's had a couple of good ones this year. Let's be real, um, most of them have not been good. Um, yeah, my my main my only concern for this game literally just comes from what the consequences of OU losing is. Like, that's really my only concern. I don't think we're gonna <laughs> yeah. lose the game. But I will like burst into flames if we do, and I don't want that to happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's really where my nerves come from because OU has shown time and time again this year that they are perfectly willing to try to find a way to lose a football game. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And yep. it's bit them once, and I just I'm hoping it doesn't bite them again. Um, you know, obviously that crowd's going to be going nuts. It's a night game. You know, the weekend yeah. after Thanksgiving, like it's it's going to be a pretty ruckus crowd. This, you know, honestly, you know, based on what we've seen from OU the past few years, this is the kind of game that OU goes in and takes care of business. You know, mm-hmm. like last year against West Virginia, it was a crazy crowd. And OU had just played horrendously against Kansas. And they went in and took care of business, won the football game. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it will probably be more stressful than it should be. But I think OU yeah. wins the game by seven. I remember that West Virginia game being quite stressful, but yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, man. Kyler Murray was real fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure was. That's my principal. That's my principal memory of that game. Is that remember Kyler Murray Kelly is, at the is end. a pretty fast human being. Yeah. Yep. Um, Buki getting torched a few times, <laughs> though so did everybody else. So. Right. Delayed, Which, delayed hey. L dropping the game-winning interception. God, yeah. yeah. Hey, shout out to Buki for not doing that. Not that it matters. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, that was a very Parnell Motley esque interception where it's like fourth right. down. If it if you get it knocked, if you knock it down, it's the same result. But he he goes ahead and picks it off. <laughs> right. So, congratulations to Buki making the big play though. That was yeah. that was good. Never doubted him once. We Better play the highlights. Yeah. the the nickelback position much on this podcast. We are not nope. concerned about it. Yeah, he's doing great things. Um. Any any last thoughts about Bedlam? Do you guys want to do score predictions? Oh, I have watched maybe a quarter of OSU football this year. I do not feel qualified. I watched uh, them play <laughs> Oregon State. Let's let's throw so, them out there. Let's throw that's them out technically there. Football. I'm yeah. gonna say 38-24. prediction. Thirty-eight twenty-four. Yeah. Uh, right. Two scores. I'm gonna go forty-one thirty-one. OU. All right. I'm going to go 31 to 27. 31. We pull wow, it out. Okay. Yeah, we pull it out. 
I mean, I, I, I think Jalen's going to take points off the board. Yeah, 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 and, sure, you know, sure. He's going to take points off the board, and we're going to pull it out. I think our defense comes through late in the game whenever, you know, it might be a position where OSU can't hand the ball to Chuba. They have to throw the football. I don't think Drew Brown can do it. So I'm going to say Pat Fields gets his first interception ever. Hell yeah, Pat Fields. That guy. That guy's taking He um, has taken some lumps this year. Sure has. Jeez, oh, Pat Fields. He should have had um, one this past game, but it's like an inch yeah. off. So. Right. That's been his year. <laughs> Either yeah. get burned or he's in position and it's just like an inch away from an interception. Yep, yep. Um, all right, let's talk about the playoff a little bit because right. you know, as and we talked last week, I think we're all kind of back in – I mean, Nathan's maybe a little less invested than, than Ryan and I, but I think I'm pretty invested. Well, I mean, I'm invested, but I don't yeah. think they can win it. So that's right. kind of how I felt right. last year. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty invested now. I mean, granted, I will say that I forgot to watch the show tonight. Um, and then yeah. I'm watching I'm watching OU lose their uh, double digit lead right now to Missouri. Yeah, that's very on brand. Bowl band Missouri, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they can um, go ahead and lose out um, yeah. with pride. Um, the uh, yeah. The playoff. So Baylor sneaks in to the top ten at nine. They um, jumped. They did, yeah. They jumped five spots. They were fourteen last week. Right. Yeah. Can we uh, talk real quick? Can we talk about Jim Mora and Jonathan Vilma? Because they're um, not intelligent football commentators. I Jonathan Vilma has been awful for basically since he got on that network. I mean, he's he terrible. He's so awful. But they don't watch football. Yeah. No, they just they, they don't watch it. They do like lazy how, analysis and just spew talk like this. Yeah. Uh, it's just awful. Like literally their takeaway from the OU TCU game was that Jalen Hurts has saved OU all season and their defense is still horrendous. You don't right. even you have didn't to watch, watch that the game. game to know that. You all didn't, you look, you didn't look even look at a box score. score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like that. I was like, I was. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I was like all time triggered watching that because it's just it, it seems like my two favorite sports, college football and NBA, they just for whatever reason insist on hiring analysts that don't watch the sport that right. they cover. And right. it infuriates me and uh, yeah, all you have to right. do is just have you used to play or you used to coach and right. now you're going to get paid to analyze something that you don't give a shit about. So right. It's Would you say that number really three on your list of favorite sports is soccer? Yeah, I think so. Right, so that's a another good addition to that trend. I did see a tweet that Joey Galloway was talking about how, like, the analytics say LSU or excuse me, Ohio State is LSU is number one. Whenever literally Bill Connolly's analytics for ESPN, the same network that Joey Galloway works for, say right. Ohio State's number one. Right, so, I'm but, sure FBI agrees with them at this point too. Like, yeah. um. Yeah, no, um, I'm fine with Ohio State being number one. I don't think they'll remain number one over, especially if LSU, like if LSU wins the SEC, mm-hmm. an undefeated SEC champion, uh, led by the Heisman, Heisman favorite. Yeah. yeah, that is the number one team. Um, well, and they've also beaten. You'll, they'll be in Bama on the road with right. a, with Tua. They'll be in Auburn. They'll be in A and M. Who are they ranked? I don't know. Who cares? They're not. They'll, yeah, they're they'll be in some. Right. They'll be in a pretty good yeah. Oregon. And they'll, they'll be, have or beaten not Oregon shit. Texas. Uh, Texas. Yeah, Texas. That's what I was thinking of. God damn. Um, anyway. <laughs> I, saw pe- I saw people get mad because uh, the uh, the Chiron listed Texas as a, like a quality win for LSU, but not yeah. for Baylor or Oklahoma. Right. Oh, yeah. Because um, yeah. Yeah. it was in play. Austin, in the Hornet's Nest that is Austin. Right. Um, um, no. Let's be clear. Well, uh, one of the other things that Mora and Jonathan Vilma uh, talked about was that Baylor didn't win convincingly against Texas. They thrashed mm-hmm. them. Yeah, they didn't. Well, Texas, Texas didn't score a touchdown until like the last yeah. play of the game. Yeah, the last right. play of the game. Right. Yeah, it was twenty-four to three, and Sam Ellinger was looking like Sam Ellinger. And then, as Texas has done all season, they scored a you know a garbage time touchdown to make it look closer than it actually was. Right. I was actually happy that they scored that. I'm like, that's pretty. That's just the most on-brand thing they could do. <laughs> right. Uh, 
Um, I think, yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, national media types were calling into question Tom Herman's job. And that was somehow not a convincing win for Baylor. Like, yeah. That's, look, everybody knew Jim Moore was an idiot, right? Ask Josh Rosen. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jim Moore is the one that said you can't win a championship running the spread. So right. like two years ago, not like right. 10 years ago before it started happening a lot. Right. No, like two years ago. So the same, like the year after Clemson won it with the spread. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Jim, no, Jim Moore is, <laughs> Jim Mora is just filling a slot on a panel until a Mac job comes open. Like that's just how that works. Mm-hmm. I pity um, that Mac school. They don't right. deserve that. that. Same. Um, can we let's talk about Oregon a little bit because that was you know that was everybody saw that as kind of OU's biggest hurdle I feel like because right. I think if push comes to shove OU will get in over a two-a-less Alabama unless they just thrash Auburn this weekend yeah uh, which I I don't think Auburn is capable of being thrashed because their defense is so good now nah, and um, we're hooked on Bonics right yeah Bona, yeah, okay. Um, so, oh, God. I just got it. <laughs> yeah. So I am so I am going to make that a thing. Thank you. <laughs> and the good, he doesn't have to play well for it to be a thing. This just, is just nope. the experience. Just keep tweeting. Nope. Yeah, it would have been um, really great if he could throw it to an open running back five yards away from him out of the backfield on fourth down against Georgia. That would have been great. Look. You know? It sounds like somebody isn't properly hooked on Bonics right now. I am not hooked on Bonics. No. Speaking of Georgia, like A&M had their one chance to be useful, and they just yep. couldn't do it last week. No. Nope. Gosh. Yeah, Georgia, what a pathetic football team. Like, I, I A&M can't... or Georgia? Both. Okay, Both. fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, Georgia has some of the most – they maybe have the most offensive talent in the country. Like, they right. are ridiculously stacked. And they just actively don't play offense. Mm. It's ridiculous what they do, man. They have right. Like, well, and I see, I see, like Georgia fans complain, like, well, you know, we lost a lot of receiver talent last year. It's like you have how many number one recruiting classes? Like they've got two five star freshmen out there, and I know they're freshmen, but they're super talented players. Right? Like, yeah, Gene Hazel and Theo Weiss are freshmen. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, don't. Don't remind me about Jaden Hazelwood. Oh, right, God. right. I, that was somehow that was also Jalen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jalen didn't throw it well enough to him, and he okay. Yeah, he um, Jalen got his turnover stink on that thing. Yeah, and, he, did. he did. Okay, but yeah. So yeah, no, like Georgia, it's 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 not the talent because look at them. Yeah, yeah. No, for real, they are they're loaded, but they just are stuck. They're stuck. They're playing like Alabama did ten years ago before Nick Saban was like, "Oh, I actually need to play offense." It'll make yeah. Before you hired Lane right. Kiffin, and Lane was like, "Uh, let's right. upgrade this thing." Before yeah. he got all hot and bothered and was yeah. like, "Well, okay, if this if this is how we want football to be, I, I'm just, <laughs> right. I'm glad we came to a conclusion." Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, back to Oregon though. Like, I. I didn't think there was a huge chance. I mean, I thought obviously there's a chance they lose in Tempe, but man, Herm came through for us, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Herm now, has really um, taken over my spot in the Pac-12 pan, or taken over David Shaw's spot in my Pac-12 pantheon as the coach who is just always right and for no reason. Hell yeah, Herm! What now we need uh, Oregon to return the favor yeah. and. Turn the favor, win the Pac-12, you know, yeah. win a Power Go 5 Mario. Go Ducks. Win the day. Do it, mm-hmm. Mario. Go beat Utah. Because, I mean, I think there is a scenario that, like, if Utah were to go beat the hell out of Oregon, then yeah, it's I 100% agree. Right. right, yeah. I don't think if, – if Utah ekes by Oregon and the game is ugly, I still think OU gets the nod if they yeah. look even decently impressive against Baylor. Yeah, and they right. Um, if, no. if Utah goes and beats Oregon by two touchdowns, I wouldn't even be that mad if they snuck in. Because right. right. they're doing what they're, what they're supposed to do right now. Um, so, um, My concern need... about Oregon is that Tua Tagovailoa is hurt right now. Justin Herbert can no longer win a natty. Uh, 
he might phone it in. Like, and I would, like... I mean, I think if you've got the Pac-12 to pay for, for, I think you've got to do it. I think think Herbert... Like, the dude came back for his senior year, man. That's true. He's from Eugene, also. Like, he grew up like a... Oregon fans, so that's true. Yeah, yeah. He's and now. yeah, and it's—I mean, look, <laughs> we're talking about a guy who walked away from being the number three pick in that draft. Yeah, quarterback, the third quarterback. The interesting thing of yeah, the interesting thing about Oregon is like Utah's biggest strength is their defensive line. Well, Oregon mm-hmm. has maybe, if not the best offensive line, like a top three offensive line. So it's like. They can really neutralize what Utah does to like beat beat people up. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically can Justin Herbert like not lose the game for them? Because that's kind of what, like I didn't really watch a lot of Arizona State the Arizona State game because they were playing at the same time. I was just flipping over some, but I mean he's kind of having a I think he had two, a couple of interceptions sort of games. So yeah. I think that was a big part of it. So you just can't do that against Utah. Right. Yeah. No, I. Honestly, I think I think Oregon's going to pull it off for us. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think they'll beat Utah. I think their their defense is pretty good. Um, Utah's offense is. I mean, they're they're not a bad offense by any means, but they're definitely run yeah. heavy. And they have I a really think, good running back, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Their quarter their quarterback's fine. Like he's. Yeah, he can run a little bit too, so that helps. But I think Oregon beats Utah. I honestly, I think everything is lining up for us again which is just insane. Like <laughs> this is going to be the third year in a row that we lose a horrendous game that we shouldn't lose. And things yeah. are still going to wind up working out for us in the end. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's nice to be a blue blood where this can even be a possibility. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, right. Lord knows Baylor would not be in this position or they aren't mm-hmm. in this position. First of all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyways, um, anything else we want to talk about? We kind of zip through this, which is yeah, we re- we really have. Uh, I, we we should we need to have the conversation about if do we even want the playoff? Okay, because this this is a thing you and I, you and I have talked about, and we talked about beforehand. So let's right. let's hash this out. Um, Alex, okay. lay out your concerns. So this honestly, I have always been all in on making the playoff. Like this. You know, the past two years, obviously two years ago, I thought we were going to win it. So, but last yeah. year, I, I still think, I still think they would. You know, oh yeah. I still think more times, like six out of 10 times they do win it. Like I, I really do believe that. So I agree. Anyway, go ahead. I agree. But you know, last year I didn't think we had a chance in hell against Alabama, but I still wanted to get there. I mean, we had Kyler Murray, we had the best player in the country you know, I was like, maybe some weird shit can happen and we can win one out of a hundred. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, the reason why I'm a little bit nervous about making it this year is that I think Ohio State is a fucking chainsaw going through the country right now. And I think they're going to beat anybody they play other than maybe Clemson. Mm-hmm. And if they're the number one seed, I really don't want any part of them because they scare the shit out of me. Because they're they're good at literally everything. Like right, their yeah. the biggest strength defensively is probably OU's biggest weakness offensively, and their their offense doesn't really have any weaknesses. Like yeah, you probably have to turn Justin Fields into a thrower, but at that point you're still throwing Justin Fields into a thrower. Like he's still really good at that. So right. I don't really think there's a good way to go about beating them. So. And I'm not yeah. sure our offense can keep up with that because their defense is ridiculous and Chase Young is ridiculous. Yeah. So the only thing I would say is, I mean, they they just beat Penn State 28, was it 17, 2017? Something yeah. like that. I think OU is a rich man's Penn State if they, yeah. you know, assuming turnovers don't happen, which is right. not, not an easy assumption, but let's just, right. you know, let's just make that assumption. I think OU could hang around. I don't think they would win, but right. I think they could make. I think they would lose by like ten. Yeah. So at well, that point, yeah. do we say would... a ten point loss is better than a a win in the you know the whatever whatever the the Sugar Bowl or whatever? Like, I think this is the year that that might not not actually be the case though because we had that last year. If we do that again, we'll be the team that's zero and four in the playoff. And... I think we're already that team. 
right. think we are already. I get, yeah. I get that that's a thing, but I think next year we have a chance. Like we've been talking about 2020 for a while, and yeah. that is like, especially if team. a couple of notable juniors come back. Right. Yeah. Like that team has the ability to win it. Like not just like, well, get in and give yourself a chance. Like no, they could fucking win the thing. But I still want to have that kind of because. In all likelihood, the team's going to lose a game next year. Most time, mm-hmm. most of the time, teams lose games. Like this year is extremely abnormal, and then it looks like there's going to be three undefeateds going in. I mean, I guess I, that was last last year. year. There were three undefeateds, also. Yeah. So it's just you know you're putting yourself in a position to where they're like, damn, four years in a row. If you have that bad loss, they're going to be yeah. like, man, put them in the last three years. Do we really want to do that again? They've never beaten anybody. Um, and I think that if you can go into the sugar bowl and beat a Georgia or an Alabama, then you're kind of restoring a little bit of credibility with a good win. Right. Ask Texas about that. Yeah. And I, I I completely get that. And honestly, I I kind of lean that way right now because I, I, I do believe in the, uh, I don't think it's always, it's good to make a tournament that you lose it all the time. Like, because eventually you're going to stop getting the benefit of the doubt. Um, And there's a lot of narrative that goes into things. And you also will kind of lose, like just from a recruiting perspective, you'll start to be seen as like the team that just isn't good as the, as those others, like you'll be seen kind of in that way. So yeah, I get like the, the narrative aspect of it. Um, Yeah. I I thought I had another slot, but it just went away. (laughs) So I think, I mean, I I will say, okay. Real quick, though, like my my actual take, like I want to make the playoff. Like that's what I, I mean. We're ta- we spent you know ten minutes talking about what needs to happen for us to get in. Like clearly, mm-hmm. I'm interested in making it. Um, it just you know I'm not as adamant as I've been the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Like it's I won't be super disappointed. I don't think if we don't right. make it, which right, right, it will be and the first time that that's the case. I think. I, I kind of feel like we'd have a better shot against LSU, even though their offense is so explosive, just because I yeah. think, you know, I, I just think that we'd have a better shot. I, Ohio State, what really concerns me is I think they would just completely take the pass away, and then we'd just be super one-dimensional. Um, right. Um, yeah. I think yeah. specifically the thing about Ohio State that worries me more than anything is that, like, Chase Young is going to be able to create pressure, and yeah. Jalen like Jalen doesn't have it under pressure. Like he, no. he doesn't make plays down the field. And it really affects him too. He'll, he starts like, right. He makes, he starts rushing mistakes. things. Yeah. yeah. He makes big mistakes when that, when he's under pressure. Um, so yeah, to me, Ohio state is like the one you want to miss at, mm-hmm. you know, even if it means missing the playoff. Um, yeah. I do think like, cause I said, like, I think that an undefeated sec champion led by the Heisman winner is probably your number one seed. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do think there's a really good chance that we could make the playoff and miss Ohio State in the semis, which I'd be all for. If if that's the case, then I would be excited for it. Um, Because I think we can beat LSU. Right. I do want to make a slight variation on the argument that it might be bad to make it again and lose again. Um, which is that this less about the inertia of it, of, you know, like this is three years in a row that they made it and lost. Mm-hmm. Because this is going to be the first year where if we make it and lose, like in all likelihood, we'll have been the worst team in the playoff. Yeah. Like, because, you know, in 2015, you know, losing to Clemson sucked, but at least we weren't Michigan State. Right. You know, in, <laughs> yeah. you know, in 2017, I, I have not forgotten. Washington. No, that was right. 2016. No, 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 no. That was, was that Clemson got embarrassed in the first round. Yeah, that was Kelly Bryant, Clemson. Yeah, right. Yeah. 2017. At least you know. At least we weren't. We you know we didn't that screw ourselves that way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then in 2018, you know, at least we weren't Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the year where everybody else is going to where the g- people who lose the other one are going to say at least they weren't Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. Um, right. And I don't want to have to carry right. that. Yeah. Now, like, at the same time, I'd really like this team to freaking win all of its games for once. I think 2020 is a year they can maybe do that. Um, yeah. real, real, real quick on 2020, like, if we look at 2020 from a national perspective, like, y'all, 
Think about Jake Uga or Georgia will not have Jake Fromm. Tua will be gone from Bama. Joe Burrow will be gone from LSU. Um, Ohio State will be will still have Justin Fields, but they're losing a ton off of that team. They won't have Chase Young. Blah 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 blah. They won't have J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, who else? I, I had this all in my what? head. Now I'm losing it. But Clemson. there's yeah, Clemson will. They will still have their quarterback, but they're going to lose four out of their five offensive linemen. Um, there's and their running back and one right. of their great wide receivers. There's right. going to be so, a lot of turnover on the top Oregon loses next Justin year. Herbert. Right. Um, yeah. Just there. Twenty twenty. There's a decent chance Washington will really lose Jacob Eason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from a national but, perspective, twenty twenty is probably as good of a shot that o- OU will have as just about any year. Um, because the teams yep. that will retain their quarterback are going to lose a lot, and the ones mm-hmm. that, and then the other, you know, normal candidates are going to lose their quarterbacks. Right. Um, and don't, and uh, both LSU and Alabama don't have an obvious candidate. Like, is anyone really scared of Miles Brennan at LSU? I don't think so. So, no. yeah, I think the biggest concern would be like if a grad transfer came up, and yeah, you know, why go to LSU? You know what I mean, or Alabama for that matter. You know, right. so. I um but that would yeah. have to be a pretty level grad transfer to yeah. for it to be super concerning. Yeah. The other thing think, about oh, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> I was gonna say I also think twenty twenty is gonna be an interesting year for OU because I think they're gonna come into it slept on. Losing Jalen, losing C D. Yeah. Losing their quarterback and their best offensive player. Um potentially losing Kenneth Murray. Um, you know, there's like there's going to be doubts about that team. Um and like, I don't think they're anything the team can't overcome by winning football games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's yeah. What were you gonna say? I'm just. Well, I was just going to say, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I'm just. Kenneth Murray really needs to come back. Like that's my last. <laughs> Creed and Kenneth need to come back. Creed, yeah, Creed and Kenneth, please, 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 please come back. Right. I want Creed what to are... win another award. Yeah. The thing I was going to say was, there is a decent chance that first off just someone pull up the A&M schedule next year because there is a oh a, yeah an okay chance that they start off at like 9 and 0 next year <laughs> that would be really after this year yeah i, I mean so, it makes sense that they would finally be able to turn around their schedule into something decent yeah, yeah. so get ready for that shit storm is what right. i'm saying yeah. Kellen Mond. Their first Steven 50 Steven game is at Auburn. At Auburn, which is the seventh game. If they can get through that, yeah. they'll be defeated going into Alabama on November 21st. Then they close with Alabama at Alabama and LSU at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there'll be some hype next year. People right. will think Jimbo had it figured out. Who is their out-of-conference schedule? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, and I just closed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's not good at all. Yeah. By the way, like just straight up, I was. That's why I, that, I was trying it. to remember what it was, but yeah, it's um, Abilene Christian, North Texas, and Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or I knew it was something like well, on that Fre- level. And Fresno State, like, who's actually a decent team, but they get them in college stations. So yeah, they're not going to Fresno. They don't. They don't leave. They they don't leave Texas. They leave it like four times next year. Leave the state of Texas four times. Sounds like uh, sounds like Florida. Right. Yeah. Florida <laughs> refused to leave the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, I think we've sort of settled. We've settled the dirt on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do Let's, you have anything else? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, real quick. I I want to talk about Brock Vandegrift. I just remembered right. because. Um, you know, obviously this podcast is a massive Spencer Rattler podcast and we're huge fans and that has not changed. Um, but I think it's time for us to also just publicly endorse our love for Brock Vandegrift. Um, because this dude is a freaking monster. Um, he's a junior in high school. He broke his leg this season. Mm -hmm. Like I'll repeat, he broke his leg, um, this season. This season, he's now come back, and in his last playoff game, I think he threw for 545 yards with six touchdowns and seventy and ran for 79 yards and two touchdowns. Um, 
He's ridiculous. Not bad. Yeah. Like, he is – and he's, like, the prototypical size guy. Like, he's going to be the first legitimately prototype NFL quarterback that Lincoln's gotten to work with. And I could not be more excited about it. Yeah, he's he's as good a – I mean, I – to me, he's on that Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields plane. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, don't sleep on Brock Vandergriff. And also, while we're while we're playing this game, shout out to Chandler Morris um, for being like the perfect <laughs> bridge guy. That would for, be amazing. Yeah, what a beautiful what a beautiful fit for understudy to Spencer Rattler and like losing a competition to Brock Vandegriff. Perfect. It's going to happen. Love you, Chandler. He is too short to transfer and that's why we love him. And if you, if you want to be a coach like your dad, who better to play for than Lincoln? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We gotta, we gotta start selling that by the way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Uh, All right. Let's, let's end this thing. All right. Um, Thanks for listening to this snappy um, episode of the Oklahoma Drill. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Um, follow us on Twitter at P-U-R-D underscore Hapley, at R-W Maxi. Um, and answer Nathan's five riddles, if you want to find out his handle. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend, leave a review, uh, just generally spread it around. Um, you know, I feel like we're good at this. I feel like we provide value in this conversation. And if you're listening, I hope you agree and, you know, maybe share it with your uncle at Thanksgiving who, um, I don't know. What's a bad take an uncle would have this Thanksgiving. Mm. All my uncle's takes would be political. So (laughs) what's a bad football take? Lincoln's in over his head, right? Let, uh, yeah. let let your uncle who thinks Lincoln's in over his head know about Brock Vandergriff. Um, <laughs> all right, and uh, that'll be it. Um, thanks for listening.